0: You're listening to the podcast reading of The Road to Grandeur, Episode 6. Chapter 6. Rumors. Sarah wanted to scream in frustration after being dismissed for an entire week. Gumbel spent the days either with his mistress or drinking or both. Sarah had told Thaddeus that the doctor was a vampire, though she realized she had little to support her accusation other than the word of a pixie. Over the following week, she spoke with townsfolk about Dr. Sanger and her suspicions, but few offered support for him being such a creature of evil. On their last day in heinous, Gumble and his mistress went out to breakfast. Thaddeus Gumble retold the story of his vicious battle with Firefoot. Sarah stayed close by, in case he needed anything. She rarely added to his conversations unless he spoke to her, but she had to voice her concern about the vampire doctor. Thaddeus responded with a chuckle. <laughs> ''How
1: could he have been a vampire?''
0: Gumble asked. ''Well,'' Sarah began, ''did you notice that he never showed us his teeth? Probably hiding something right there. Also, who has a clinic that is open all night?'' ''I'll tell you who. A person who never sees the light of the day. That's who.'' Sarah continued mounting her evidence while the nobleman and his current mistress pretended to listen. During meals was one of the few times Sarah could actually be heard since Thaddeus loved to eat even more than talk.
1: Why, if your allegations are true, I I was lucky to get away with my life,
0: said Thaddeus, eagerly inhaling a second helping of bacon, ham, eggs, toast, flat cakes, and mango juice. Uh, I'm lucky I have a seventh
1: sense about these
0: things, my sixth sense being my inhuman attention to details, he said, while Lucy, the slight pixie, waved at Sarah from behind his shoulder. Of course, sir, Sarah said.
1: Well, we'll just have to do something about this. I know my friend, the mayor, doesn't have my attention to details, but I'll not have him losing face while a vampire sucks the life out of his quaint little horse-apple pie of a city, he said. We'll march up there immediately. Now, right away, Uh, just as soon as we finish breakfast. Oh, and I wanted to visit Little Market,
0: his mistress chimed in.
1: "'Yeah, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, of course, immediately after breakfast and the market. Oh, and we wanted to see that play in the park, and then we wanted to go to that bakery for a little snack before we got to the Mighty Mutton for lunch,'
0: he said. "'But after all that?' asked Sarah. "'Yeah, yeah, but immediately after all that, we'll talk with the mayor.' The server came and gave them their bill, lingering to chat with Sarah. "'I could not help but overhear you mention the vampire.' "'Where were you when you saw such a dreadful creature? "'Were you visiting the country of Varara? he asked. "'No, no, it, it was just on the road,' Sarah answered. "'What? "'Now, you must be mistaken. "'No vampire could possibly live here,' he answered with a nervous laugh. Th- that, that, "'That's a dangerous thing to say, miss. "'Dangerous indeed,' he paused. "'Are you sure? "'I mean, could it be possible?' "'Oh, I'm pretty sure,' Sarah responded. "'And thank you for such a wonderful breakfast.' Sarah continued pleading all day, but Gumble ignored her. Around midnight, the group made its way back to the mayor's house where they were staying during their visit. The mayor was already asleep, so Gumble would not be speaking of the vampire tonight. Sarah excused herself and went to her room to brood in frustration. In her room, she changed into her nightgown and padded barefoot to the sink to wash up before bed. Thaddeus irked her daily, but how could he have no concern over a vampire's presence in a small town? Granted, she knew little about vampires, but she had heard terrible things, and she hated to think of people in this city acting like cattle to a monster. Sarah balled her fist and repeatedly punched her pillow in frustration. Did the face cushion offend you? asked John in a quiet voice. John and Lucy appeared in the open window sill. Sarah flopped on the bed, sighing loudly into her pillow. No, it's just that Gumble won't listen to me. I warned him that the doctor was a vampire, but he didn't care. Warn, warn, what is a warn? John asked. Sarah looked at them. The pixies truly wanted to learn. Thus, impromptu language lessons arose all the time. (sighs) To warn is to bring attention to, to tell someone that danger is near. Remember danger? she asked. Over time, Sarah had learned some of the more difficult aspects of teaching pixies. They remained eager to learn and understood secrecy very well. However, despite their diminutive nature, they seemed completely fearless. Thus, danger remained a difficult concept to explain. After weeks of examples, she thought she had finally made the point clear. Warn, Warren, I see. A warn means that danger is not currently in our present location, but a danger may soon be within our area, yes? Exactly, John, she said. John beamed as he flew from the windowsill and landed on her bed. He appeared to be pacing in thought, though the thick comforter made movement difficult. But Sarah, what is the warn about? he asked. The warning. The warning was about the vampire, of course, she answered. The nice doctor? John asked again. Yes, you were the one who told me that he was a vampire in the first place. I see, I remember telling you that he was a vampire. Some action of his must have missed my attention. Did he threaten? What made him into danger, requiring you to make a warn? He asked. Well, isn't the fact that he's a vampire enough? Sarah asked. John looked at Sarah, and then Lucy flew from the window as well. They quickly conversed in pixish, as Sarah called it, and then looked at her confused. Sarah understood much of their language already, but when they spoke quickly, it was difficult to comprehend. "'I think we are both confused. Though our actions we created some unintentional manner a warn for you?' she asked. "'Let me explain again. I wanted to warn the people of this town that they had a vampire living right under their noses.' She paused to see if that made sense to the small creatures. They continued to look blankly at her. "'Doesn't a vampire living among humans seem like a danger to the humans to you? Doesn't that seem like something that requires a warning?' Sarah found speaking to the pixies was not helping her already short temper. Why would this require a warning? Vampires rarely cause danger to humans of the degree you specified requiring a response in terror, said John. What? Vampires drink blood. Vampires fear sunlight and lurk in only night. How is this not a danger, Sarah said. The pixies again chattered to one another, intermittently flapping their wings. You are correct that vampires fear the sun and drink blood. However, they have coexisted with humans for countless years and, for the most part, this has been without conflict, said John. Even the humans in Varara live happily with vampires, said Lucy. Of course, humans in Varara need no warning. Even with the majority of the population being vampire, vampires rarely kill. From our experience, vampires kill much less frequently than humans. It would be more befitting for you to warn humans that there are other humans in the town other than a vampire, John said. Sarah wanted to contradict them, but stopped herself. The pixies had much more experience than she did with vampires. She considered their advice. Could it be possible? Could he be a doctor who really was helping people, but just happened to be a vampire? Sarah had studied magical creatures in books for many years, but the pixies had real-life experience. When she thought about it, the doctor provided excellent care. She rubbed her pixie necklace and felt a faint warmth flow through her. She was not ready to accept that vampires were good, but possibly one could be an exception. Thank goodness she hadn't caused any harm. She looked over her few belongings. They were going back to Granger tomorrow. Sarah found she missed the city and was glad the trip was ending, even if they took the long way back. She looked over as her two companions pushed against the glass. What are you doing now? Just looking for the second, Lucy replied. The second? Sarah asked. Of course, John answered. Any time we are in a new place, we attempt to distinguish at least two ways to escape in order to hastily accomplish departure, preferably three. Sarah unlocked another window and cranked it open. There you go, guys. Thank you, Lucy responded. John also expressed his gratitude and the two pixies disappeared out the window. Just be sure to be back before morning. We're returning to Grandeur and I don't want you guys left behind. Oh, and stay out of trouble, Sarah said the two pixies laughed and disappeared into the night. This was episode 6 of The Road to Grandeur. Keep listening every Monday to get the next installment. And if interested, buy the books on Amazon.